Soccer Trunks, where we talk about sp- sports, specifically soccer, in less time than it takes a Colombian women's national team player to take a dive. <laughs> this will be the fa- fastest podcast ever. <laughs> My name is Father Kyle Sanders. I am a priest in the Archdiocese of New Orleans, and joining me is... I am Zach Tucker, seminarian for the Archdiocese of Omaha, Nebraska. So we're just going to move right into uh, talking about the Women's World Cup, starting with the quarterfinal game. I didn't get to watch the quarterfinal game, but I did hear, obviously, about uh, Colombia's uh, acting skills. Yeah, um, I caught pretty much every game uh, that the women played. I think the only one that I missed was their draw versus Sweden in the group stage, uh, which was probably actually the slowest game that they played the entire tournament, so I didn't mind missing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if anyone follows me on Twitter, I was irate during the Columbia game. Uh, that actually might be an understatement. Like, I was very angry, <laughs> uh, mostly because Columbia and from what I've seen, sort of, this pervades a lot of South American, Central American style of football, is a very non-physical team in that if you bump them, they fall over. And <laughs> it's really annoying. Because you know what I think of when you say that? I think of those uh, those blow-up uh, boxing dolls. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that when you hit it, it goes bloop, and then comes oh. right back up, bloop, and then comes right back up, bloop. Except they don't get back up. They fall over, and then they hold under their ankle, and they moan, and oh, it was so frustrating because the... And I don't remember the name of the referee that had the game, um, but she called a very tight game. Mm-hmm. And uh, the U.S. ended up with two yellow cards to Holiday and uh, Rapino, mm-hmm. I believe. And therefore, they both had to miss the match versus China and yellow card accumulation. Mm. I don't think either of those should have been yellow cards. They were very light calls. Um, I was just very upset most of the game. It really didn't help that uh, Wambach missed a PK. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that Wambach's on-field performance kind of left something to be desired. We could talk about that in a minute. But yeah, uh, yeah it was a frustrating game to watch. They pulled it out. Um, Carly Lloyd <laughs> stepped up. Uh, she was on fire the whole World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh Rapino drew, or drew uh, a penalty late in the match after Morgan scored, and uh, we ended up winning two nothing. But it was an incredibly frustrating match to watch because the U.S. women play a physical game, not overly so. I don't think they just mm-hmm. play strong. Yeah. And when you have combine that with a team that flops and a referee that calls a tight game, there's a lot of calls that I disagreed with and uh i think it was jp telegamera the uh the play-by-play guy on fox even uh, commented at one point that uh the referee made a call and fifty thousand referees in the stands disagreed with her so <laughs> yeah that's my mini rant about the columbia <laughs> but they columbia did win two nothing moving on to the semifinal game against uh germany uh after germany had uh fortunately 
uh, won the quarterfinal game due to a an own goal by uh, an England. No, that was. Yeah. Yeah, that you're right. No. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, because. Okay, I'm lost. This has been the daily podcast moment of indecision. <laughs> I'm wrong. I feel like I'm wrong. Mm, I don't remember. I didn't didn't England go to the, to, to the third place game? They did, yes, versus Germany. Okay. So they didn't play Germany in the, in the quarterfinal? Mm, nope. No, they played France. Because Germany okay. played... Who did Germany play then? We are the best, most informed <laughs> soccer podcast that you will find yes. around. We're we just going to go are, ahead. What? Who they play? We're just so American that we didn't watch any of the other games. That's all. We were uh, well, it could also be that, that we had other things going on. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> this isn't our job. Uh, <laughs> um, for good reason, uh, as you yeah. can well tell. But anyway... <laughs> um, <laughs> Germany uh it, I was expecting it to be a a hard fought game. I expected it to be physical and it wasn't uh it yeah. didn't seem like Germany showed up. Yeah, it was uh I I thought both teams didn't play super well. Um there were you know, moments of brilliance. Um, uh, the U.S. finally picked it up, I think, after uh, Sausage missed uh, the penalty oh, just man. wide. She yeah. pulled an Abby Wambach and missed it, Yeah, um, which resulted in me running around my basement, like, yelling at the top of my lungs. <laughs> um, and then, like, minutes later, Morgan gets pulled down in the box. Carly Lloyd buries another penalty. Um, and that sort of broke the game open, but that, that happened, I think in like the 65th minute. Mm -hmm. So the first hour of the match was really kind of slow. Um, just very slogging, mm -hmm. I think would be a good word for it. And I don't know if that had to do with the heat. Like it was very hot in Canada for these last couple of matches. I think during the final, it was like 96 degrees, humid, smoky because of the wildfires. The weather was crazy. So I don't know if that played into it, but it was, everybody just seemed like they were running in a swamp for this match. Not like uh, the Frisco game that we'll talk about in a few minutes. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> uh, I think the, the, anyway, we'll talk about it in a minute. I'm getting off topic. Um, yeah. This is ADD uh, podcast for Father Kyle today. Um, <laughs> but, but coming won... back to the Germany game, coming back to the Germany game, yeah. uh, the second goal the U.S. had, Kelly O'Hara, was an absolute beauty. Uh, Carly Lloyd, again, you'll hear that name a lot as we talk about Women's World Cup. She was on fire. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, but she just puts in a beautiful, beautiful cross, and O'Hara just nails it in the back of the net. Right after coming on, like, perfect sub from Jill Ellis. It was icing on the cake for that match, for sure. And then the final. Uh, both uh, you, where were you? Where were you for the final? I was at home. 
<laughs> we were at home. I was at. Yes, I watched it with my family. So I watched uh, it. Uh, there's a local bar we've talked about in, a pre- in previous podcasts, Finn McCool's, um, and it actually Finn McCool showed up in the in the local paper the next day um, because of the you know the crowd that was there for to watch the women's World Cup. Um, but I wasn't in that picture because I was in a different part of the bar. Um, but uh, so like. It, it was it was I was looking forward to the atmosphere just to experience watching a World Cup final in a uh, in amidst actual fans, uh, many of them. Uh, um, and uh, so that was I was looking forward to that. Two minutes in, um, we score. And I'm concerned. I'm, I was honest. I was concerned. Carly Ward <laughs> scored. I was like. I was like, we scored too early. This is against Japan. This you is one texted of... me that. I, I was going bananas in my basement, and lo and behold, <laughs> Father Debbie Downer, Kyle just, Sanders, texts me and goes, we scored too early. And as I get the text, what happens? <laughs> she scores another goal. The fifth minute, Carly Lloyd buries the second one, and I do believe my response in all caps to the Debbie Downer text was, what, baby? <laughs> and I was like, well, it's still, I mean, it's still early. And I've, I've been so impressed. Japan, I love organized football. I think that is like Spain, the way that Spain played and not the previous World Cup, but the World Cup before that they won, is just gorgeous football. Very tight, very passing-oriented. That's just that's the kind of football that I love to watch. And just watching J- Japan play that, uh, I was afraid because the U.S. at times are, were, had been kind of erratic in, in the movement, and I didn't know if they were going to be able to be able to pierce into that armor, one, or two, be able to handle... With uh, sustained possession by Japan, but I think um, those two goals in quick succession so undermined their con- Japan's confidence in themselves that it was really hard for them to recover. And then, you know, in the fifteenth was it fifteenth through the sixteenth minute, she scores another goal and gets a hat trick. And just like the bar's going bananas. Like it's the it's absolutely nuts. Like what is going on? I feel like I've just entered back into the World Cup in uh Brazil and Germany. Like what yeah. <laughs> a third goal from midfield. I like know. it is a brilliant Oh that was a brilliant ball. goal. Yeah it was calculated yeah, like puts it looks up the keeper is way off her line and just yeah launches it and it it's a beautiful just calculated play from Carly Lloyd I'm going bananas in my basement my dad who is not a soccer fan is like this is the coolest thing ever <laughs> uh, it was a wild yeah. start to the game but uh, one of my friends summed it up perfectly on Twitter about the 25th minute or so. He goes, I've never been so scared being up 3 nothing." Yeah. Because Japan, we sort of, I think their confidence did break, but they they came back. Well, like, so they, they subbed in Sawa in like the 31st minute. 
Yep. They brought they brought it, and so she she uh, she really calmed them down. She, I mean, she was their captain, and when they won the World Cup, uh, you know, four years ago, she was their their kind of leader, and they they brought her on just like they did the U.S. did for Abby Wambach. Not so much because she has the same skill set that she did four years ago, but because of the the leadership that she can bring to the team and really gel and she really did bring them and refocus them back together um i thought it was straight it's it's very rare to see a non-injury substitution in the 31st minute um especially in a world cup final like it would i but you know it worked but then they subbed another person in like the what the 30 the 40th minute yeah Um, two subs in the first half which is rare but mm-hmm. they did go down three nothing, so I wasn't surprised to see the early subs. Yeah, but I was like, because of the way that they played. I mean, I was my friend that I was, you know, I was like, dude, if they score, and they tie this up, those girls are going to be really tired playing 120 minutes. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was like, I was like, they're not going to win this. Like it, it, it you know, I I, I felt kind of sorry for Detran, but at the same time, I'm like elated. Uh, <laughs> That's a good good adjective to use. <laughs> Elated, yeah, and that's what it was. Um, but Japan scores uh, right right after the half, right? Yep. Yeah, within the first couple minutes of the second half, uh, they scored, and then the U.S. Did the U.S. go up five one at that point, no, or did they go four one? Because uh, Heath, one. Tob- Tobin, oh, yeah, Tobin, Tobin Heath. Heath. Um, it was that was it was all. Uh, that was a uh, a um, a corner kick, right? She got uh, in the corner uh, kick. Yes. Yep. And uh, and then she got subbed off, and uh, Abby Wombat came in. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was one more goal. Who scored the final goal? Uh, we know what we're talking about. Totally. I'm totally blanking on it right now. You can tell that we did our research. That we <laughs> well, um, let's see. Tobin had one. Lloyd had three. Uh, Lloyd had three. Um, I want to say it was Holiday, but I don't remember. That sounds right. Um, that sounds right. But yeah. Anyway, it was a you know great match. Uh, it's so exciting just to see, um, you know, for, for, they basically summed on uh, Wombach and Rampone for like their final hurrah uh, at the end, which I just thought was that was classy. Absolutely. Uh, I thought that that they did that, that them as as the leaders of the team, as the, you know, kind of the moral support, uh, and the fact that at the end, uh, you know, at the ceremony, they lifted up the trophy together uh, was was uh, pretty cool. Um, but okay, go ahead. We got we got the people right. We just got the order wrong. So it was Lloyd, Lloyd, Holiday, Lloyd, Heath. Okay. Anyway, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> when, Google knows when you when you ask us about liturgy. <laughs> and if I don't know, I will text Father Kyle, and he will tell me. <laughs> Or ask Father Daryl. Father Daryl is is the head of his litur- the liturgy in his diocese. 
I think also Father Andrew is the head of his, the liturgy in his diocese. So, uh, so we have two liturgists in the in the. Uh, I think Father Andrew might have studied liturgy. Anyway. There's like a correlation between like liturgists and sports lovers. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> So oh, that's a can of worms. I oh, would, uh, yeah, that's a philosophical up. conversation we could have <laughs> at another time. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Because that's Anyways. not always the case. Um, but anyway, um, I was crying. At the end of the game, when we won, I, like I was, everybody was like an, uh, upside, up, uh, standing up, screaming and yelling and clapping and hugging and high-fiving. And I'm just like sitting in my chair, like just tears, like streaming down my face. <laughs> it's like I was just so happy. I could see the joy, and I was just sharing in their joy, oh, yeah. uh, just of of like, of of being able to enter into that. But like at the same time, and uh, excuse me for getting spiritual, but I am a priest. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was I, I was I was struck by uh, this this con- this concept of like sh- co- the nationally sharing in the joy of this triumph uh and the image of that with the communion of the saints in mass Mm. and just like the whole communion of saints sharing in the joy of the triumph and the power of the cross that is celebrated in mass and there was just like i just i felt this this secular correlation to the spiritual um experience that we have and i like i then i was crying about that (laughs) you know (laughs) and then i was crying uh and then so it was like going back before between like those two things um it's just all all while in a bar (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that just made it even more catholic (laughs) an irish pub even so hey perfect Uh, (laughs) um that's awesome so it was yeah it was a thing of beauty to watch, that's for sure. So, what I guess to sort of sum up the Women's World Cup, what was like, uh, I guess, what was something that impressed you, and what was something that you could, you see as something that needs a little work uh, from the women? Do you think the defense impressed me? Uh, I think uh, all four of those women will be returning uh, for the next four years. I don't think any of them are. Um, of retirement age, so that's exciting that I th- we might retain the f- entire back four. Um, I-, I think that's encouraging. Um, I was I was disappointed that I didn't get to see an Abby Wambach header goal, but on the same token, I don't think that's why she was brought to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, like looking back now, like in hindsight, it, at the time I was like. I want an Abby Wombat Kenner goal just so I can see the most powerful, you know, neck muscles in football. Um, Throwback Thursday. <laughs> it is Thursday. Um, Hashtag but, TBT. Oh, man. Uh, but I, um, um, did it, it, she was brought on because of her leadership. And, uh, and so, like, that was a, that was a, I guess, a bittersweet disappointment. Um, yes, it was bitter that I didn't get to see that, but at the same time, her leadership really helped to keep the the team together um, and gelled. So, yeah, I'm. I have to agree with you. The defense really impressed me. Um, Julie Johnson was awesome, even after 
giving up that penalty mm-hmm. uh, that Sausage missed. Uh, she just she looked wrecked after that, and I was really worried. Um, but she bounced back, just showing mental toughness, I think, and I was mm-hmm. really impressed by that. Um, the spot I think that we might need a little bit of work is just up front, uh, especially with um, Abby probably not returning for yeah, the next World Cup. You've got Alex Morgan, if she can stay healthy. And then you've sort of got this vacuum now left by Wombach. And you've got Kristen Press. You've got Cindy LaRue. Um, you've got, uh, who's the third? Um, O'Reilly? Yes. And none of them have sort of, it's not clear who's going to fill that spot. Yeah. And it was obvious that there was a lack of cohesion and chemistry in our forwards. So I think that's something that we'll need to see some work. And we'll, it'll come with time just because. But on the same yeah, token, we didn't need it. Yeah, that's we true. We still <laughs> won. Like, I'm not going to, like, yeah, there was lack of cohesion. And yes, the team can get better. But, like, we're by solid defense. And uh, once we got our our midfield focused and put the right personnel in the, you know, put the right personnel grouping in like, you know, you don't need necessarily to have that. I mean, and, and, um, Morgan, because of who she is as a player draws so many defenders that, Mm. that, that kind of opens up the midfield to then, I think that's why Carly Lohr was able to score, so often, just because Morgan was drawing defenders, just because of her dy- you know dynamic play, that that yeah. then opens up the pl- space for Rap- Rapino and 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 Lloyd to kind of like slip in there, and 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 catch goals, uh, you know, off guard because she she just has that gift. So, you know, I don't, you don't, it would yes, it's nice to have forwards score goals, um, but that's not the only role of a forward. Right. I was just going to look at who all scored goals for um, the U.S. team. I I would hazard a guess that the vast majority of them were scored by midfielders, mm-hmm. which says a lot, I think, because, like you said, Alex draws defenders, and that well, and so did frees Wambach. up. Like Wambach does mm-hmm. too. Like that, and and so. Oh yeah. yeah, she. I mean, you would see, uh, especially on set pieces, she'd have you know. She'd be double teamed in mm-hmm. the box just because of her reputation. Yeah. So that free definitely frees up some of our heavy hitting midfielders. Um, I was really impressed with Rapido and Holiday, especially um, in the midfield. They played amazingly well. And O'Brien, um, who was I think she's twenty two. She's the yeah, youngest Morgan player Brian. on the team. Yeah, Brian. So you have O'Reilly and Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no. Mark, Morgan Bryman was was impressive. She was yeah at 22, yeah. starting in a World Cup. Mm-hmm. I was like, mm, I'm 25. This makes me feel like I have done nothing. Dude, <laughs> I'm 30. <laughs> wow, you're old, dude. Okay, then tell that to the other priests. All the other priests in this podcast are older than me. I'm the baby. Oh, baby, the baby. il bambino. <laughs> I look like one too if I didn't have a beard. We are going to move on. <laughs> um, this uh, has not become the Father Kyle's Beard podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, 
Okay, so moving on from the Women's World Cup, we're going to move over to the men's national side, uh, which just started play in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Say that uh, ten times. I can't. I have to think how to pronounce CONCACAF every time I say it. Uh, but anyways, they played uh, uh, Honduras in the opening game of their group stage down in Frisco, Texas. Uh, on a night that could only be described as sweltering. That's a good, that's a good adjective. I yeah. like that adjective. And uh, Honduras, uh, I was impressed. Mm-hmm. They looked, there were points where they looked very dangerous. Yes. Uh, I don't remember who the striker is. He's kind of a smaller guy, very quick. He ripped a couple shots that had me very nervous on my couch. Um, and to be fair, the U S did not play very well. Mm-mm. Um, I was, and I don't think Klinsman was either not impressed with, uh, anything really. <laughs> it was an ugly, ugly match. Uh, Other the, than US. the fact that we did, we did score. Yeah. Twice. Dempsey, Dempsey had a brace. Um, the first one was uh, a cleanup goal, uh, just in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. Um, I actually didn't see the second goal. Uh, I had to step away, and then I was folding laundry, and my brother was yelling at the TV, and I missed the goal. Um, oh man, it was a really, it was a really, uh, I was, in, it was a really impressive header because most of the time when when you have headers, um, they just kind of like direct them into the goal. But the way that he directed this header, he directed it down so that the, it was there was no absolutely no way that the goalkeeper could save it. Like he directed it almost directly down, and then it bounced up. It was it was it was, I, I, it was really pretty. Yeah, it was a deuce goal for sure from it's Dempsey. Definitely class. And my favorite part of that was Michael Bradley getting an assist in his hundredth cap. That's cool. uh, for the U.S. That was awesome. Wearing the captain's armband, mm-hmm. uh, the big bold man. I was actually impressed with uh, his play. I'm a giant Michael Bradley fan, but uh, he played pretty well. Um, Brad Evans played quite well. Made a couple of very nice defensive plays um, as time wound down yeah. uh, to to give us the three points. Um, but yeah, it was an ugly game. I will uh, say that I was I've been impressed at, with the continued progression of DeAndre Yedlin, um, and mm-hmm. his control of the ball and his really pushing defenses with his speed. Um, and Zardes almost had an, another assist. I mean, he had assist in the the warm up game against Guatemala, uh, but he almost had another assist. He like just almost the same exact place, right right next to the to the near post and and just kind of threw it in there but there wasn't a a player that could get to it in time because um Honduras had such a uh a compact and organized defense yeah Uh, their defensive strategy basically was if the U.S. got the ball they just collapsed mm -hmm. and I I think there was one point um they showed they had like eight guys behind the ball Mm -hmm. and I was they they played very well. Yeah, um, they're gonna make Haiti look ridiculous. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I'm just just saying. I'm not sure how Panama drew with Haiti. 
Um, but uh, I'm okay with that from a group oh, stage cer- perspective. Certainly, but. certainly. But uh, I lost a little bit more respect. Less res- le- I lost some respect for Panama. Um, so, but it also could be interesting. Maybe I'm underestimating Haiti. Uh, they play tomorrow night, um, the U.S. versus Haiti. So that should be a good game uh, to yeah. watch to see how uh, we progress both as a team uh, and to, to watch and see how that goes. We're going to end tonight, though, uh, or this podcast, with um, just a few transfer news things. The, uh, the U.S. is garnering another world-class player. Andrea Pirlo has signed a contract with New York City FC, being the third designated player to join that team with David Villa, Frank Lampard, and now Andrea Pirlo. These are three world-class players who um, were some of the best players in their respective countries and leagues. None of them, David Villa, Pirlo, uh, or Lampard, played anywhere else but in their respective countries prior to coming here. Uh, We're not going to even talk about Villa's little foray into Australia. That doesn't count. Um, (laughs) But um, I'm really excited to see how... I, you know, we're, I'm a Casey fan, of course, but I'm excited to see how this will look with Pirlo, Lampard, and Via and Discarude, um playing together. I, it's, it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Uh, it makes me not a New York fan, kind of purely on principle, <laughs> um, because. They're now like the Yankees. They just get everybody who's like really good and put them all on the same team. Um, I'm not a Major League Baseball fan, in case you can't tell, but I know everyone hates the Yankees. And now <laughs> I have a reason to hate NYCFC just because they have yeah. everybody. But at the same time, I think they'll be really fun to watch. Um, it'll be interesting to see how... They set up the midfield? Yeah, they set up the midfield. How these guys mesh? Because mm-hmm. they're... I mean, they're coming from leagues that have very different play styles from yeah, each other. Definitely. Um, and then the MLS does, is a different play style. So yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I'm no savant when it comes to football, but you can look at Serie A, La Liga, and English Premier League, and they all play very different styles. Mm-hmm. So putting these three guys together on a team in a completely separate league that plays different than all of those three. And try to get them to mesh with each other and them to mess with the rest of their team and for them all to stay healthy, looking yeah. at you, David Villa, um, will be a very interesting experiment, I guess. See, but the thing that I like about, uh, about and excited about Pirlo is that Pirlo, like, his strong suit is that he makes everyone else around him better. Like he just like both his in his direction, but also in the way that he passes and kind of like he's just he's um, he's an enabler mm. uh, in the best sense of that word. Um, you literally just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so like I I think that's going to really help because I think that will give some direction to mix Discarude. Um, and help him to really for I'm looking forward to that just from a national team perspective to see what Discrude can learn from Lampard and Pirlo so that he can learn from two world-class players in a league where he can play 
comfortable, competitive football. Um, I think I, I'm really excited about that as well. I yeah, I hadn't even considered that uh, as sort of a fallout from this deal that uh, Discarud would be learning from these three. But that's a that's a good point to make. So, um, and then a few other transfer rumors. Uh, rumors we can't. Uh, we <laughs> obviously don't know anything at all. But uh, we've heard that Paul Pogba might be moving. Um, everybody, um, everybody wants him that has lots of money. Uh, yeah. Chelsea, uh, Real Madrid, uh, Manchester City. Definitely not Manchester United because Manchester United gave him the shaft. Um, well, I think Manchester United wants him, but there's no way that Pogba wants to go to United after yeah. Fergie just disrespected him. Yeah, he did not treat him um, very well. Um, I would like, I would like to see him take over. Um, I don't want to see him at Madrid. That's just that's too much. That hurts my brain. Um, <laughs> I would if you know if anywhere I'd like to see him take over Yaya Torre's position at Man City because um, Torre has really been suffering um, and just to see how that would work especially if they also pick up Kevin De Bruyne who is uh, playing at Wolfsburg De Bruyne is is probably one by far one of my favorite players uh, which is kind of strange you know Eden Hazard is usually the Belgian that people think of but uh, I really like De Bruyne and really. Um, wish that he could come back to England just to show Chelsea how good of a player is and how much um, that uh, that was a stupid move for them to <laughs> let him go. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know much about De Bruyne, but I would agree. I'd love to see Pogba at City. I think he'd do really well there. Um, I, <laughs> I mentioned this in sort of our pre-show chat, but I wake up every morning and I have push notifications <laughs> about Raheem Sterling and Liverpool. Um, those two are... It's like everybody knows that he's going to stay, but they haven't really worked out how he's going to stay. Yeah. And neither one of them really want to give at all. Um, I don't see Sterling leaving Liverpool. I don't uh, either. I, City has made a couple of uh, offers for him, but I don't think they're... I don't think they're going to be able to offer enough that makes him leave Liverpool, honestly. No, agreed. Um, another uh, exciting, we talked about David De Gea. He is most probably going to be moving to Real Madrid. Um, I, I don't see that. I see that as a foregone conclusion, uh, and there's not reason to even talk about that. Yeah. Um, exciting uh, uh, is uh, Charlie Austin, who has been the, the star striker for QPR, QPR was relegated. Uh, there's talk of him moving to Crystal Palace. I would really like that. One for one reason, he's moving from one London team to another London team. The Crystal Palace remained in the, in the Premier League, and uh, I think he would add an extra dynamic. I think he would fit in well. And I hate QPR, and I don't want him to play for them anymore. <laughs> uh, I don't think anyone was surprised when QPR was relegated. Um, <laughs> I would love to see him go to Crystal Palace, mostly because then I can watch Crystal Palace more and be entertained every time yeah. I hear the name Crystal Palace because I think cheap Chinese buffet. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, other other news, possible movement of Harry Kane, the Tottenham star, to to Manchester United. I don't think Tottenham's gonna let them let him go. I th- I think after letting Gareth Gareth Bale and Luka Modric, they want to keep somebody that they have generated as a as a you know a strong player. So I can't see him moving, and I don't think he that he would want to go to Man U. He grew up at Tottenham, like as yeah. a, as a player, and I think he would want to stay there. But you know, so did. Cristiano Ronaldo, so at <laughs> yeah. United he moved, um, but uh, yeah. And then if you want to move into like really crazy rumors, so these are all rumors at this point. But then there's some that are a little bit more out there than others. Like you've got Bastian Schweinsteiger, who's been potentially linked to Manchester United, <laughs> which I don't think will happen, but would also be hilarious for all my friends who are Bayern Munich fans. That'd I would be hilarious. I would laugh uproariously as they all bemoaned the loss of Schweinsteiger. <laughs> I don't see him leaving. He's no. won eight Bundesliga titles with Bayern. I don't understand why you would, why he would leave that team. No. That makes no sense to me. No, he loves Germany too much. Yeah, it, and, and understandably so. Yeah, just no chance. I don't think I will. I will eat my words if it happens, but I do not see Schweinsteiger yeah. <laughs> leaving Bayern anytime soon. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> no, no. That was probably my favorite one that I've seen so far, and I just read it and went, nah, no. <laughs> it, so another one that, that, that's interesting uh, and would change the dynamic of uh, of the Premier League is if Kareem Ben... There's talk that Kareem Benzema might um, uh, be picked up by Arsenal. Hmm. I don't know much about him. I had heard that rumor, but I actually had to... Google his name because I didn't. Know it was <laughs> he, he's a he is um, he's the type of striker that shows up. He's like a stronger, faster, more adept Chris Chris Wondolowski. Um, he he shows up in the right place at the right time. To so clean... not Wando at all, <laughs> huh? <laughs> so not Wando well, at all. Well, no, no, no. he sh- Wondolowski shows up at the right time, shows up in the right place, but he can never finish. <laughs> Benzema finishes, um, uh, and uh, so he, you know, French striker. I, I would that would make, that would give Arsenal a striker that they haven't had since, uh, you know, since uh, what's his name, Robin Van Persie left, mm. um, and uh, you know they've been really kind of wanting a strong striker, and Giroud has played well, but um, isn't enough. So that would be interesting to see if if he uh, joins them, but that would have to be a huge price tag because he is being paid well um, yeah. at Real Madrid, um, and is playing with some of the greatest players. He has the ser- he has service from Cristiano Ronaldo and Gareth Bale, like you, you don't get and, and James Rodriguez, like you don't get better service than that. Uh, yeah. you know, even that'll with Alexis Sanchez, you, that'll um, help you score goals for of sure. Of course, of course. So. Um, yeah. Well, uh, anything else? Uh, not really. There's, I mean, rumors galore, uh, with many, many different people, but those are kind of, I guess, the big names. Yeah. Uh, other than, uh, the guy you just mentioned, whose name I totally just forgot. Kareem Benzema. Uh, Benzema. Benzema. 
that's a great name. Yeah, he was the only one that I was like, I yeah, I don't know who that is. Uh, <laughs> but it'll be interesting. Transfer window is always a time of rumors and yeah. general hilarity because some of the rumors are just so outlandish. Uh, Speaking of rumors, not a rumor, but did you see the picture of uh, Steven Gerrard in Le- in Los Angeles? Like of him no, entering didn't. into Los Angeles? Mm-mm. Oh my gosh, he like you. He looked uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I can't blame him. I would be uncomfortable too because the whole city <laughs> is basically worshiping the the ground he walks on, and he hasn't done anything yet. And he's he's you know he's a kind of a laid back humble guy yeah. he's not uh yeah that's not his scene mm-hmm. so to speak so he, i understand why he would look uncomfortable there yeah. so yeah that'll be fun to watch how him help a uh struggling la galaxy so yep well this ends the uh eighth or ninth podcast of this the soccer trunks um i'm just bombing this today Soccer trunks. We're good at counting. Um, uh, so, thank you for listening to us. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes or whichever podcast app you use. That helps to bring us up in the the ratings and reviews, so that other people can listen to us um, and laugh at us. Um, so please do that. If you want to continue the conversation, if you have any thoughts about transfer rumors or have any thoughts about the Women's World Cup or the uh, the, the Gold Cup, uh, please uh, send us a tweet. Uh, you can find me at Colonel for God, C-O-L-O-N-E-L, the number 4-G-O-D. Zach, where can they find you? They can find me on Twitter at at beggar's son b-e-g-g-a-r-s-s-o-n and uh so hit us up let's talk some football talk to you later so long everybody (laughs) 